Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the Free Retiree Show. I'm sitting down with career advisor extraordinaire Sergio Valentino Patterson. You had to bring my middle name back again. Brings you that flair you need, buddy. What is up, everyone? And I'm your host, wealth manager Lee Michael Murphy. Silicon Valley's least favorite attorney is off today. He's doing court stuff. As Matt McElroy said, they got to do court stuff, guys. So he can join us on this one. But Serge, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. It's a beautiful day. It's not raining. We've got an amazing guest coming on. I'm feeling good. Yes, about that. For today's episode, we do have a stellar guest for you guys. And we're going to be talking about finding your purpose. Maybe you're not happy with where you're at or what you've achieved. And maybe you're thinking of changing up your career, but you've always been scarred. Today, we have a host that's going to make you look at that and reevaluate that. She's got a wonderful story. So what would it take to have a leap of faith? What would it take for you to make it in something that makes you feel like you're accomplishing your purpose? Today, we're extremely lucky to be interviewing Savvy Barrows. Savvy's a high-performance coach, and she's got one heck of a background and a unique journey. For those of you guys that are on LinkedIn, maybe you've seen her in her incredibly popular videos giving amazing career advice. She's worked for a lot of tech firms on a director and VP level, and she also received her master's from MIT, and she actually received a fellowship award from MIT Sloan. She's even developed a prototype that's been shown at a very well-known company, and it was recently introduced at the White House. So Serge, what do you think of what Savvy's doing? Yeah, it's incredible. I can't remember how I stumbled upon her post on LinkedIn, but I recently started following her and everything's been resonating. And that's why we wanted to get her on this show. I think she's real. She's honest. And in a world of lots of fakes, she's one of the good ones. So I'm happy to bring her on. Yeah, she's got a great story, man. Yeah, I think what listeners are going to love about the story is this is someone that was extremely successful in the tech industry. And most folks would have just stayed if they reached that level of success. And she actually had the courage to say, I'm going to pursue my passion, my purpose, and really live my best life. Coincidentally, that involves helping other people achieve their dreams and goals. So I think this is going to be a great one. We're going to go to a quick break. But before you do so, make sure you like our show, share us. And if you have questions, career-related, legal-related, make sure you send them to askatthefreeretiree.com. When we're back, we'll be sitting down with Savvy Barrows. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We're sitting down with Savvy Barrows. Savvy, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I am doing awesomely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you to you and Sergio. And I'm looking forward to dropping some fire today for your audience. I'm super excited. Dropping fire. That is, I think, what defines you, Savvy. I mean, we have seen your videos online, and I think everyone just wants to know, 
the costumes. Where are you getting these costumes? Online. Online. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen Sav. We've seen Savvy the Godfather. I've seen Savvy oh. the Angel. I've seen Yacht Club Savvy. I mean, oh, Savvy Desos. Yes. Oh, Savvy Desos. Yes, yes. She's very, very rich. <laughs> so, I'm liking, listeners- I'm liking the emojis too in your yeah. name on LinkedIn. The fire, the flame, and the rocket ship. Yes. Yeah. For yes. listeners, nice. if you have not done so, make sure you find Savvy Barrows online. Check out her videos. Not only are they incredibly educational, they're extremely entertaining. And I tune into them every Monday because I want to know what costume Savvy is going to be dressed up as. So it's quite phenomenal. You're doing a wonderful job, Savvy. Thank you so much, Lee. You make me very happy to hear that because sometimes I think I go a little bit too far. Or I do think I go, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, am I a little crazy in this thing? And I say, nope, I'm just going to go for it. So I appreciate you saying that you enjoy that. Love them. Love them. And you are not going too far. You are doing amazing stuff. So tell the listeners a little bit about you. I gave a little bit of an intro, but why don't you give the listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. So I am a high performance career coach and I am the creator of the five secrets to becoming a high performer bootcamp. And I also have my own podcast, uh, which is called dream and league free, where I interview people who have very similar stories to mine, but they are, you know, sort of at the top of their game today. So they could be executives, entrepreneurs, disruptors, etc. But my background is I started my life as a 15 year old girl with no prospects at all. There was a time when I had 20 bucks in my wallet and I had to decide, you know, am I going to put gas in my car, but I'm also hungry. So am I going to do that? And started my career in really entry-level roles, just kind of flailing around and ended up becoming a director and a VP with global responsibilities. Ended up getting my MBA from MIT Sloan. It's very dear to my heart, that institution. And I have led initiatives that have reached the White House level. But now my focus is being a high-performance career coach. My entire life, Once I decided to take full control and responsibility of my life, I have lived to perform at a high level every single day and I love it. And that is what I teach people who want to be at the top of their game to do. You mentioned the moment where you took full control of your life. Talk to us a little bit about what that means and yeah, for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Happy to share that. So I had a life that was not very typical for most folks. Like you said earlier, you know, started my life at 15. And that's because I had a mom that was just not really available to me. So I mean, yes, financially, you know, we were middle class and never really wanted for much. But there's a difference between providing your kid money and being available there for them and helping them grow. And also, you know, my father wasn't around. Really, it's, it's kind of like I came out of the womb and there's just, just this attitude of you'll figure it out, you want it. So there was no really like thought or planning for me and my life. And just the way that I was treated as a kid growing up, I was treated very well. I was treated sort of like it was a nuisance. I was criticized a lot. I'll share one story kind of mom I had was the mom that would tell me, you know, I wasn't even 12 yet. It's like, Hey, why are you so skinny? And then 30 minutes later, don't get fat when you get older. You, you really don't want to do that. So, so this was my mom. Wait, should we be laughing? I'm terrible human being. I'm sorry. Yeah, Savvy. yeah. You guys are horrible. Like, you know, like your mom. Sounds no, no, no. Awesome. I mean, I, 
No, no. I mean, I can laugh at it now too, right? I'm far away from it. But that was really my daily life. I was just never good enough. And I just got sick and tired of being compared and sick and tired of being good enough and feeling like a loser. And I really just got pissed off and decided that, you know what? This is not my life. No one's going to tell me how to live my life. No one's going to treat me poorly. And whatever you say that I can't do, I'm just going to 10X it and like put it in your face. So I just developed this fire and this is a lot to where my work is today. It's passion and purpose, purpose and high performance. And that changes over time. So for me as a kid back then, it was all about having a better life, being surrounded by someone that wasn't criticizing me anymore. And that's really where it all started for me. So it sounds like you kind mm -hmm. of separate yourself from your family. Being that young, I mean, on our show, we've always talked about the importance of having good role models, a good parent to get you started, to give you that boost. Mm -hmm. And that's a common theme with a lot of the people that we've had on this show. They've dedicated to their family, their mom, their dad, but you're coming from a unique place. Mm -hmm. How did that impact you? Obviously, you've become very successful. You've become phenomenally successful going to MIT, developing a prototype. You're obviously way too smart for our show, by the way. But what gave you that passion and fire? Where did it come from? I really just think that it came from getting emotionally beat up as a kid and also just being forced into a kind of rigorous lifestyle, rigorous household like religion. I have a, a huge respect for anybody that's religious. I'm spiritual, but when I was younger, I was also sort of force fed that and I rejected it. So I think there's a part of my DNA where it's like, I reject things that I don't understand. And I reject things that make me feel trapped and don't make me feel free. And that was really my driving force. It was I wanted to build a life where I was in complete control. I was always in the driver's seat. And I will say that, you know, from a very young age, the whole idea of mortality was something that I grew up with. I mean, my mom was an older mom. And I think that because she had so much wisdom in her life, she inadvertently imparted a lot of that on me as a really young girl. So I remember thinking about myself as a teenager going, when I die, like, <laughs> how do I want people to remember me? Who thinks like that? But literally, <laughs> this is the way that I think even today, everything is always a reset of mortality and the fact that it's finite. So am I going to keep doing something that doesn't make me feel good? Am I going to keep doing something that's against my heart? Am I going to keep doing something and living a life that's a lie, even though it's what's normal and accepted and what you should do. The answer is no. I don't want to ever say that I have any regrets. And if anything were to happen to me today, knock on wood, I have no regrets because for better or for worse, I have chosen every decision in my life and no one stopped me. I love that. Appreciate you sharing that. So yeah, you started at 15 and then you had, you know, a lot of the people we bring on, there's some bumps in the road. And mm -hmm. then you got married relatively young, right? You were 21 yeah. mm -hmm. and you ended up getting divorced at 25. Mm -hmm. So it's like mm -hmm. those moments to me, it sounds like those are the moments that shape who you are now. Can you talk to us a little oh, bit yeah. about like how all these moments kind of pushed you into this? A lot of the videos I'm seeing now, it's just clear. All those hardships really have shaped you. Yeah, absolutely. There was a time when I would say like in 2012, 2013, I hated everything. I had everything and I hated everything. So I had a great job, you know, in New York City. I had my own apartment, 10 minutes walk from Central Park. 
And I was miserable. And I was looking for a lot of those things. And I went soul searching. And then I started to dig deeper. And I started looking at the things that I went through in my life. When I realized was that the things that we try to hide, the things that I make videos about now, so you're referencing the video I made today about being married to a controlling man, yeah, exactly. um, you know, at 21, these are the things that really define who we are. The things that we put in the darkness are the things that are what we try to portray in the light, but those are the moments. And so specifically for my divorce, you know, getting married at 21, you know, most people are like, oh, you're so crazy. Why would anyone get married at 21? But I literally thought I was marrying my soulmate. And especially since I didn't have any parents, I just don't attach to people the way that normal people do. And it makes sense, right? I didn't grow up that way. But with this person, I was like, wow, I, we did everything together. He was my best friend. But when I got into the relationship, what I didn't realize was happening is that I slowly started disappearing, you know, less and less of who I wanted to be was surfacing because he was making decisions based upon what he thought was best for me. And I trusted him. But in those moments where my soul was kind of itchy and I was like, wow, I really want to do this for myself, or this is how I want to have my identity, or this is something that I want to do for myself around bettering myself. He would come up with a reason as to why it was total BS and I shouldn't do it and I didn't need to do it. And he was very successful. So money wasn't an issue, right? I mean, it probably you figure that out, right? It's like, I didn't want for anything. I didn't need anything. I had a perfect life on the outside, but on the inside, I was dying inside. And I felt like completely lost because honestly, you know, I know a lot of us aspire to have an amazing house, you know, amazing cars and amazing things. But when you're inside of those things and you're not living in your purpose, they all suck. You're all miserable. It doesn't matter. Who cares if you have $10 million when you know you hate the person you're married to or you hate your job? It's just, what is the point? So if you give me $10 million today, I'm going to be a happy man tomorrow. <laughs> I promise you, it might last for a while. But you know, when you're buying that Lamborghini, you'll still be crying. <laughs> I'm super cheap though. Like I would just like sit and like never spend any of the money. Sorry so, to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's totally fine. Yeah. But anyways, a defining moment for me was when I decided to walk away from all of that. And a lot of bad things were said about me. I'm sure you can, you think of all the things that they would say about a woman who would walk away from something like that. They were all said, but, and I was terrified. I was terrified because I had melted into this person that I didn't recognize and I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. And so how I got out of it, first thing was I had to be brave enough and trust that whatever was going on inside of me that was guiding me was right. But I did it and I did it totally scared, totally not knowing what I was doing. But you know, where I am today is really a combination of a lot of people helping me. That's why I don't really believe in this concept of being self-made, right? Even if you do all the work, somebody was kind enough to talk to you for 15 minutes. Somebody was kind enough to send an email, make a phone call, do an intro. And then it's up to you what you do with that. And I've had so many people help me in so many ways. I really just took a leap of faith, but that moment of my divorce, it was a break in the universe, you know, whatever you call it, like one of those moments that just changes time and direction. And that was the moment I took responsibility for myself and my life. 
and pushed myself to another level being totally scared. And, you know, the last point I'll add before I turn it back to you guys is that I think a lot of people feel like in order to make changes in their life, that they have to feel ready, that they have to be confident, that they have to feel like their insides are solid before they move. And that's actually the thing that holds you back. It's like when you feel really comfortable, you're never going to make the change because you don't want to feel the thing that I felt, right? You don't want to feel shaken to your core and nauseous all the time. But that's the feeling that you need to have. And that's when you need to make your move is when you have no idea how you're going to do it. That's how you change. Totally commend you for making that strong of a move when unfortunately a lot of people just stay in those situations. So kudos to you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So Savvy, you made this change in your personal life and obviously that was very tough. Mm -hmm. The professional side, did those Mm -hmm. go hand in hand or were they separate? Like when did you start saying like, you know what? I'm going to start finding my purpose in my personal life. It seems like it was right after your divorce. Yeah. And then what about the professional side of it? When did that come into play? It was after my divorce because, you know, before I was married, I was kind of playing small in my life and I I didn't know it. You know, I I think a lot of it had to do with the way that I grew up, things that were told to me. And it's like, you know, as a kid, your universe is what your parents tell you. So I was stuck in a certain universe for a really long time. And I carried that universe in my brain into my marriage. I was operating under a whole set of assumptions and thoughts. And so this change that I made, not only did it shake up my personal life, it shook up my professional life. And this went hand in hand because I kept dreaming about how far can I really go? How high can I really reach? I knew that I had an inner Ferrari inside of me, but I really (laughs) wanted to put it to the test. I did. I wanted to put it to the test and I wanted to do that without any commitments to anyone and anything. And I think once I realized that my situation changed from, you know, being a 25 year old divorcee, which is how I was, you know, moping around for a while, felt like, you know, I was somehow cursed going to, oh my God, I am completely unattached. I can do whatever I want. I can really put the pedal to the metal and go as hard as I want. Man, the minute that switch flipped, it was game over. That's amazing. You know, we've talked a lot about some of these struggles, right? And then eventually, you know, all this clicked for you. I think what I've seen and what I think is amazing is I've been pretty good at getting into companies, right? And I think the area that's lacking right now in the industry is how do you excel in those companies? You know, you keep coming out with these videos like, are you trusted? How to grow fast? How do you excel once you get in? Because I don't think it's talked about enough, whether it's Mm -hmm. managing up all those things. I would love just to like, what are like your top three things? Like if you're a new employee, you know, we have some younger listeners on our show, like what are maybe the top three things they should focus on when they start that new job? Great question. And I love this. So sidebar, growing up, I was always like a little entrepreneur. I thought of everything as a business, including myself right? I was like hustling when I was seven, making my money, charging my aunts to pay their toenails. Who gives that away for free? Not this seven-year-old. <laughs> Hope you charge a premium for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, they were also, they were also older, right? So I totally took advantage of that. No, I shouldn't say it that way. You know, I actually saw my opportunity in the market for their needs, which was, I'm so old, I can't lean over to my toes. So I'm like, oh, you want to get you your toes seven polished? Years old? <laughs> seven. I have yeah. an eight-year-old. He needs to start giving me foot massages. Needs to happen. You know, let me talk to him so I can tell him how to monetize on that. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, but seriously. So everyone needs to think of themselves as the CEO of you. 
So you are Sergio Patterson LLC, and you need to make a return on the investment of you. So the way that I have always approached my roles, and I think the reason why I always excelled and always was noticed by senior leadership was I had a very purpose-driven mindset around my role. I have never gone to work for anyone thinking, I'm just going to be using the title product manager. I am not going to be a product manager. My goal is that I am going to run this entire division. So what does that mean? What do I need to do from day one to set myself up? What is my first brick? This is how I think. I think about the company. It works for me. I don't work for the company. They get my talent. They give me money for it. But I am my own enterprise within that business. So the first thing is you need to have a mindset of you are the CEO of your corporation. What is the return you want on your business? And that is you want to be an executive. You want to run the division. You want to make more money, whatever that is. And then everything you do, you optimize for that. So that's the first thing. Second thing, the relationship that you have with your manager is collaborative. And it should always be collaborative. If it cannot be collaborative, you are working for the wrong company because that person has the power to stifle you. So it's just not good. So yes, I've you been need, there. yeah, exactly. I've learned the hard way. I've learned yeah. very much the hard way. I think a lot of us, and this just doesn't get talked about enough, mm -hmm. but this second point happens to a lot of people. So understanding how to manage those relationships early on in your career. If I would have known this 10 years ago, mm -hmm. who knows? But yeah, I love yeah. that. Love the second point. Yeah, so it's really it's really having a collaborative relationship with your manager. I've had terrible ones too, and I've had great ones that have pushed me. And the key is that just like any relationship, you don't go in going, you know, how are you going to get me to VP? You don't do that. That's not what you do. What you do is you find out from them, hey, what are your goals? What are your top three biggest concerns? And how can I help you get there? And so when you do that, you're actually changing the balance of power in the relationship. See, a lot of people don't realize that the key to growing in your career is more subliminal than it is actually tactical. So when you make these moves and you say to your boss, hey, how can I help you achieve your goals? Even though they may have a more senior title to you, you are building this ability to be like their peers, and so then they actually start coming to you and asking you, hey, what do you think about this? Or can you help me with this? And they'll even start sharing their everyday challenges with you because they realize that you're not just there punching the clock or whatever that is, right? You're there because you want to help them be successful. And the third thing I would say is that you need to have mentors, but everybody says that. And I think that the way they say it is kind of like, it's only 50%. So let me give you the most important 50%. Yes, have a mentor, but number one, have multiple mentors, wherever you want to go. So let's say your goal is to be VP of a division. You need to go find a person that is at that level to be your mentor within your company. That's the first thing you need to do. The second thing is you need to find a person at that level in a company outside of the one that you work in. And here is why. The person inside can only give you so much information, right? Because there's levels of transparency that you're allowed to have. But when you go 
find a mentor at a similar company that's outside, well, they will tell you every single thing because chances are it's the same exact way in that firm. And the other thing is that you need to make alliances with other managers. So what happens is when managers, leaders, they're having meetings and they're talking about employees, you want to be a name that comes up in that room out of the mouth of other leaders besides your direct manager. Now, why is that important? This is also subliminal because you are now conditioning all of these people. It's like, wow, not only is this person on my team and I am giving them you know, a thumbs up, here are two other leaders where this person has helped them somehow in a cross-functional initiative and they've kicked ass. And wow, like how incredible they are. So the more your name is in that conversation, the more your status gets elevated. So these are the top three things I would say. So important. Yeah, so important (laughs) for anyone starting their career, anyone trying to excel. I know it's obvious, kind of what you do, right? You have the high performer bootcamp. It makes sense. You're killing it. Yes, this is what I do. I basically teach people how to position themselves as the top employees in the company. I teach them how to get on the radar of senior executives. I teach them how to be seen as the expert. And then I teach them how to identify their purpose so that when they wake up every day, they love Mondays because Monday is no longer about going to your job. Monday is about getting the ROI on Sergio Patterson, LLC. It's a whole different mindset. Yeah, it's awesome. So Sav, going back to like the purpose conversation, there's two common people that I see in Silicon Valley that are kind of lost looking for that purpose. The one is they're jumping from job to job constantly, always looking for the next job, always looking for the next job and can never really find. It's just more about, you know, bringing home some bacon to survive. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other type two, which is the one that's been there forever. They feel they've been there for a long time and they're miserable, they're plateaued. How do those people find the purpose? Go down the path that you did where you're like, all right, I'm gonna really focus on what I want. Is it the same for both those people or is it two different solutions? Um, Well, it's different, right? Because again, you have to find out the underlying reason as to number one, why is that person job hopping? We all know that they get a pay raise every time they move. So maybe that's it and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And the other sense, when someone feels unsatisfied with their job, the answer is, well, why? Is it you? Is it because something changed in the company? Is it because you have different goals? You know, in that case, That's really about lack mentality, right? Because what you're really saying is that I can only make that kind of money working for this firm in Silicon Valley, but you can make money anywhere. You know, I belong to a specific group where there are multiple people in this group that make seven figures selling things that are less than 300 bucks. I'm giving this example because the mindset is okay, I need to go put in my time, trade my talent for this paycheck, which has a very large dollar amount. And this is the only way that I know how to make that kind of money. But if you're really unhappy, but you like the money, wouldn't you optimize for how can you make this money in a different way? 
See, mm-hmm. it's like the how almost doesn't matter. It's kind of like, you know, when I was giving this example earlier with Sergio about you having your job and going to work, it's like you optimize for the return you want out of your job, whether it's more money or you want a title promotion, which comes with more money. It's a different mindset when you optimize for what you're looking for. But for folks who feel kind of trapped in their job and they don't know how they're going to replace the income, think about the different ways. I would focus on, okay, I like this amount of money. What skills do I have? How can I make it? There are so many different ways, especially in this digital world, how to make money. I've been in Silicon Valley for like over 10 years and you go back and forth because it's the money, it's the benefits. It's like, if you have dependent, it's like healthcare, there's all these things that you try to weigh. But to your point, it's if you're good, you can figure it out. You can, you can apply your smarts and what you've learned and put it into really anything. Yeah. Uh, Making the jump is a whole nother conversation. I think it's easier said than done and you've done it. Yeah. But it's crazy. No, it is totally crazy. But I believe that. So to me, money is just it's a thing. Actually, money isn't even real. It's totally made up, right? You know that some guy made it up. It's just paper, right? <laughs> it's the currency that we operate by. <laughs> but, but I marginalize it in that way simply because, I mean, look at some of the people out there that are actually not some of the people, the majority of people that are millionaires and billionaires do not have a standard story. Show me who is a billionaire who ever did the same thing every single day like going to a job, right? So my point being is that the guys that have the most money do the thing that's completely opposite to what everybody else is doing. So that means that that gap that you're alluding to, Sergio, which is something I talk about with my clients, that is the nausea stomach part because it's like, oh, you know, oh my God, I have all my benefits and my package. And you know, if you have a family, like it's nice and safe over here. But you personally are miserable. And on the How'd other you know? side, how did you know? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not you personally, Sergio. Do we need to have a session? I think a sit down session after this is uh, <laughs> good, for, good for Sergio. <laughs> you know, but on the other side, there is this risk of the unknown. But the truth is that what's on the other side is actually unlimited money if you believe it's unlimited or if you believe that it's replaceable. But that little gap there. That thing is scary and brilliant because this is what companies live off of, right? The fact that their most talented people will never go anywhere and they'll always stay there. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I'm letting you into the way that my mind functions. So if you get trapped into thinking, oh my God, how am I ever going to provide for my family? Money only comes from this company. It doesn't come from anywhere else. I'll never be able to get it anywhere else. Nobody has a monopoly on money. Like I know Google's big, I know Facebook's big, <laughs> but nobody, they don't own money. Contrary are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, one could argue Amazon, Facebook, and Google own money. They own the world. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that advice. I think, yeah, the market's huge. I think what you do, a lot of people need it. I know a lot of people who need it. One might say I might need it. So I think like what you do is like amazing. Love it. What was the hardest part for you, Savvy? Like when you did that jump for you personally, what was honestly the hardest part for you? Just thinking that I was totally crazy. And the fact that I should be an executive because that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I felt like I needed to fit the profile, especially after doing it for such a long time. 
and it was kind of what was expected of me. But I have to tell you that every time I thought about going to work for another company, I just didn't feel that good. And my body literally wouldn't let me. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a bed of roses. I mean, you know, I eat what I kill. It's truly hunter gatherer, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I have to prospect, you know, I have to, you know, sit with clients. But I mean, the difference is when I say those words, you might be thinking, oh my God, you know, especially since we were chatting earlier and I told you I cut my teeth in cold calling. It's different when you're doing it for yourself. And the reason is because Like I am so incredibly passionate and I am 100% certain that I can help people achieve their next level that I actually think I'm doing a disservice if I don't sell them. If they don't buy my product, their life is going to be so miserable that, I mean, I feel personally responsible for that. It's really a horrible feeling to carry around. So I'm just like, man, You want to reach your next level. You want to be at the top of your game. You want to be happier. You want to make sure that this year is not like last year or the year before where you were wishing and wanting and carried all these desires around. Well, you've got to do the smart thing, cut the check, leapfrog and save yourself the time of the trial and error. I mean, the thing is like, I've done it. I've done it all. I'm not trying to give advice about things that I've never done. Like I've done it. You know, it's like, there's a reason I only focus on, you know, making people high performers because that's all I do. Like I have other folks come to me and say, you know, do you coach executives or whatever? And I say, no, I refer them to other people that are incredibly good at that because that's just the right thing to do. I'm not going to take their money because I can't help them, but I know that I can help people. And so when I do that, I happily do that. Like I told you, I love Mondays. I'm like, oh, great. I get to post another video. Who do I get to meet? Who do I get to talk to? It's really awesome. Cut the check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your website. So the boot camp, right? So is it? Yeah. I know it's like, I think it's like a four week thing. So is this like a long game or like how quickly do you typically see results? Like, let's say I sign up, right? Mm-hmm. Is this like six months, a year? What's that look like? So you get in what you put out of it, right? And not everybody gets the same thing. So the program is four weeks, but I give people six weeks to complete it. And then you also get a bonus where we can work on one-on-one on specific things that you want to work on in there, but it's really about going through it. There's exercises. I mean, it's intense. Like it fits my personality is truly a boot camp. but you can see results in as little as eight weeks. So if you are applying things, like you're really being a good student and you're applying it as you're going through it, you can actually start to see results as you're going through it. It's just a matter of how hard do you want to work? If you just want to learn all the stuff and then you apply it afterwards, you know, tack on another two months. When you're working with human beings, you need to, it's the theory of small commitments, right? You know, those video games that kids play where it's like, oh, do you want a life? 99 cents. Oh, do you want a mushroom? 99 cents. And before you know it, the parents have a $500 credit card bill. That's what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. right? It, you're doing that with human beings. So, oh yeah, <laughs> you're doing that with human beings. Yeah, I would say in as little as eight weeks. So Savvy, how can people sign up for your bootcamp or learn more about it? Is there a site or... Yep. So the best way to find me is on LinkedIn, but there is a site. So the way that it works, and this is also staying true to who I am. So I could certainly put this stuff up in a paywall. I don't do that. I don't take on everyone as a client. Not everyone is a good fit. So you just need to fill out a form, savvybarrows.com slash info. And if you find me on LinkedIn, that's on my LinkedIn page. 
And from there, then, you know, I have a few more questions that you answer. And then we have a conversation and I let you know if you qualify or not. I don't take on clients that I can't help. And sometimes people want me to take them on. And I say, look, you know, I'm just being honest. It's just not going to work out for you. And I would rather not sign someone up and take it because I want to keep my reputation. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's why it's very much this way where it's like you sort of, you know, apply, You, you fill it out, we talk, and then I let you know if I think I can help you. I love that. The listeners, make sure you go check out Savvy's LinkedIn. It's phenomenal. And just to let you know, Savvy, I was having a rough morning and I watched one of your videos about smiling. (laughs) <laughs> smiling before a meeting. I actually went to the mirror and I smiled at the mirror for, I don't know, a minute or two. And I felt crazy, but I did feel better. So yep. <laughs> it really okay. worked. It worked. <laughs> I, told you. I feel insane, but I feel happier. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is that nobody knows the difference on the outside. That's the trick. It's like you feel ridiculous on the inside, but the perception, it's all about perception. They're like, wow, Lee's so incredible. He's so friendly. I'll do anything for this guy. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Closed it. Love it. <laughs> poker player. You ever play poker? I play blackjack. Like, no, I'm smarter okay. than that. Yeah. Poker face. <laughs> you can read everyone. Read people. Awesome. Savvy, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on our show today. We loved having you. Yeah, you're always welcome on. And God, I know our listeners are going to get a ton of value from this episode. So, so long for now. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. Adios. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.